So I promised a Wednesday podcast, and you're going to get one, even if it is awkward on my end. That's right, Lockdown Wolverines podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire. This one is coming to you late. It is coming to you from a Starbucks, if you can hear the noise. Thankfully, at the moment, aside from the baristas, I am the only person here uh, it's awkwardly talking into a microphone here in the middle of a Starbucks uh, because we have no power at home. Uh, hopefully you're not one of the many people here on Thanksgiving Eve that is affected by the power outages that are in Michigan. If you are in Michigan or I've seen that Indiana, parts of Ohio, all around the winds are terrible and they're uh, making things difficult. Uh, but we are persevering. We're making sure we got a podcast. We are going to have a special guest for you today, uh, and it is someone who has put on that maize and blue uniform, that winged helmet, uh, someone who's uh, played against Ohio State. He's had success against Ohio State. You've heard him all over the place, and that, that is John Jansen. Uh, he's just been everywhere. He's doing uh, Sirius XM. He's doing... Uh, He's got the Inside the Trenches or In the Trenches podcast. He's doing things with uh, with the Michigan football team. He's everywhere. So want to get his perspective, especially after having heard him uh, speaking with Chris Childers on Full Ride on SiriusXM this morning. Uh, but So we will get to him eventually. But first, uh, I just obviously want to talk more about this game. Uh, if, you, if you've been on Wolverine's Wire, if you've seen on Twitter... We've got uh, we have a new thing that I put up there this morning. First thing in the morning, it was an anonymous poll that uh, I took of media members inside of that cover Michigan, the cover Michigan football, and I just wanted to see where their confidence level was going into the game. And I I was a little bit more surprised that there was a little bit more optimism. Yeah, there was a handful of people. That uh, that went with the twenty five percent. That's the lowest that I got. I got, uh, but I got three people with twenty five percent, one person with twenty six percent. But the rest out of the what fourteen? I think I did more than fourteen. I didn't actually even count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, sixteen, seventeen. If you include me, seventeen people, and. 14 of us are above 30%. Now, granted, there's there's not a ton above 35%. There's one, two, three, four, and then me, five, that believe that Michigan has more than a 35% chance to beat Ohio State. Listen, it's a daunting task. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mince words about that. They have so many weapons. They are so talented. It it makes it makes like looking you know going up against Jonathan Taylor a cakewalk. Uh, and that was that was a challenge as it was right. Like you know you had Jonathan Taylor and and uh, Jack Cohn was playing pretty well. Quintez Cephas wasn't terribly concerned about Penn State. Yeah, Michigan lost that game, but I felt like they didn't have the amount of weapons. Ohio State is loaded everywhere. Ohio State, they have a quarterback that can punish you with his arm and his legs. Now, there is a rumor out there, and I don't know the veracity of it. Now, obviously, we know that he rolled his ankle 
uh, on his last play of the game at the very, very end when the game was not in doubt anymore. And there's, but there's a rumor out there that he broke his thumb on his non-throwing hand, and that that was partially why there was some grip issues. If that's the case, Michigan has to take advantage of that if he plays, and that's not saying that they should hurt him at all. I don't, I'm not condoning or or even suggesting that. But if he does have some issues, holding, you know, you go after the football, you go for the strip. They're going to do that anyway. But uh, they've got. Justin Fields, who looks otherworldly. They've got J.K. Dobbins, who looks otherworldly. They've got a cadre of receivers that is just as talented as Michigan's. And certainly one that's probably more proven overall. So, what do you do against that? I mean, it's it's hard to, to do much. And my apologies for the, for the noise. Again, I'm in a Starbucks, so you're going to hear random what have you but we're getting we're getting you a thanksgiving eve episode here uh it, it's just a daunting challenge to be able to stop them and that's just on the offensive side defense is just as terrifying right that I means the number one defense in the country you have to hope that michigan can you know has found some kind of fatal flaw and that is kind of i just have a feeling that we're going to see a lot that we haven't seen yet right uh I just have the feeling that we are going to see a group, like not the group, but like just that they have a lot planned. I feel like they've gone back to Beauchamp Beckler, 1969, let's establish some things every week to prepare for Ohio State. But I mean, you obviously have to hope Ohio State doesn't have a bunch of stuff planned for you either in that sense, that you you know exactly, because it was a little different. Beauchamp Beckler knew Ohio State through and through because he was on staff there with Woody Hayes, and he knew what Woody Hayes wanted to do. So it's a little bit different. But Harbaugh admitted, hey, we're paying attention to this game weekly now. We've been preparing for a very long time. Now it's time to start really, truly preparing. He admitted that uh, earlier this week. So that that's a departure from what they used to be. Uh, on top of that, I, I, I just feel like they teased so many things. Giles Jackson being in much earlier against Indiana, I felt like that was to get him comfortable, that he's a big part of what they want to do. Uh, I feel like you're going to see Shea on the zone read a lot more than you've seen so far. I feel like there's just a lot of different elements to this offense that we haven't seen. But the big the big thing is keeping, keeping uh, Chase Young at bay. And we'll see if they can do that. And that's a bigger task than I think people realize. Uh, well, maybe not. I think obviously everyone knows what Chase Young is capable of. But I do think that Michigan has an opportunity. And we are going to end segment one abruptly. Uh, if it sounds weird and abrupt, it's because we did get John Jansen. We do have John Jansen. We're about to hear John Jansen for the rest of the show. Uh, so be excited for that. He, you're going to get fired up when you hear what he has to say. You just are amazing. So, but remember with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Just go to getroman.com slash lock to get a free online visit and free two day shipping. If you can't visit Roman right now, you can find this and all other offers from lockdown sponsors at lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. 
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, our Starbucks Palooza here continues with the Lockdown Wolverines podcast. And as I promised, we have a very special guest. You can hear him on, I mean, basically turn on a channel, Sirius XM, uh, channel 84, 372, whether it's uh, ESPNU or uh, Big Ten channel. He's kind of all over the place. You can hear him on 97.1 every now and again here in the Detroit area. Definitely hear him on the In the Trenches podcast. That's former Michigan tackle John Jansen, who this is the first time, John, that I get to interview you. So I'm excited about this. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's uh, obviously it's always good to talk to you. And, uh, you know, it's uh, every once in a while the roles get reversed. So uh, let's have at it. All right. Well, I, I wanted to have you on especially. I'd, I've been wanting to have you on for some time, but I especially wanted to have you on after I had actually tuned in this morning. Uh, while driving to breakfast uh, to full ride when you were on there with Childers and Neuheisel. And you were saying that you are more confident going into this game than you've been essentially going back to, what what would it be, like 2006 Lloyd Carr era uh, when Michigan had a, you know, had a real shot at, uh, at going even further. Why, why are you so confident? What gives you the confidence uh, going into this game? Well, the confidence comes from the fact that I, I, I'm more confident in our offense than I have been since, obviously, Coach Carr was here. And, and you know, if you think over the time of, of Rich Rod and of, um, you know, Brady Hoke and even, you know, early on in regards to uh, Coach Harbaugh's tenure, um, you know, this is the first time where we've seen a, a quarterback playing at this time of the year with as much confidence that Shea Patterson's playing with. Um, he's really operating in the offense. And when I, when I think about the confidence in an offense, it means that I, that I, I believe that the quarterback can make good decisions in regards to where he throws the ball, uh, when he hands it off, uh, you know, making checks at the line of scrimmage. And all season long, we've kind of been building up to this. And, and we heard Coach Harbaugh at the beginning of the year, or, you know, after – Iowa game say that uh, Michigan was close to finding its stride and that he's seeing it in practice and now we're seeing what he was talking about and when you can spread the ball around to nine different receivers which has been what Shea Patterson has done the last two weeks against Michigan State and Indiana and then and you know people will say sometimes well where did the running game go well this offense that's built to take advantage of what a defense is giving them and also to put a defense in conflict and when they played for Dame, <coughs> excuse me and when they played uh illinois it was really the opposite it was you know the, the Notre Dame game obviously because of the weather forced michigan to run the football and they were able to do it um you know and, and it do it extremely well over 300 yards so 
I have confidence that if this off, if, if Ohio State takes away the pass game, they'll be able to rely on the running game. If they take away the run game, they'll be able to, you know, Michigan will be able to spread the ball around to a number of different receivers. Um, and quite honestly, I think this is probably the week where we see both come together. And it's not just the pass, it's not just the run game, but, you know, it's been, what, 14 or 15 years since I think we've had an offense operate like this. You know what, I, I am inclined to agree with you. There's, I, I, I was just saying in segment one as well, I think that they've been setting up a lot uh, offensively. We've seen Giles Jackson a lot. Uh, more, especially early. Mike Sanger still has been more involved. Uh, people have kind of made a lot of them passing the ball lately and not running the ball, but I think that that's... I mean, they, they ran all over Maryland. They ran all over Notre Dame, like you mentioned. But we what, one thing we haven't really seen is Shea Patterson run the ball himself much. Uh, we, we saw it a little bit in, uh, in, in the Notre Dame game. But how, how much do you think that that helps add the other elements to their offense, especially because Ohio State is stout at both stopping the run and the pass? I mean, they're they're perfect kind of across the board. Well, uh, you know, I, you know, it, it's funny you use the word perfect. I, I talked about him earlier today, um, and I asked Bill Rabinowitz, who uh, writes for the Columbus Dispatch, what because they've been so consistent in all phases of the game. If there was anything that you know, he could say that they needed to improve on. And he said, you know, it'd be nitpicking, but, um, you know, it would be the offensive line, you know, continuing to protect Shea Patterson and or, I mean, to continue to protect Justin Fields. Um, and that's about it. So, you know, nobody is perfect, but they're as close as you're going to get in college football this year. And, you know, when, when I think about, you know, how do you attack this defense? Number one, it comes down to, controlling the line of scrimmage and if they can early on gain some yards on the ground that will help in protecting the quarterback against a very good pass rush whether it's chase young or any number of i mean their linebackers um have combined for i think it's eight or nine sacks as well so it's not just chase young that can get after the quarterback so it one will help the other and and it's vice versa. If, if you if you're running the football well, that will help in pass protection because you can be more aggressive. If you're throwing the ball well, that will help the run game because it gets that extra guy out of the box. And that's why I have confidence that Michigan can be successful. Doesn't I'm not guaranteeing a win, and it doesn't mean it's going to win. I just have more confidence in the offense than I've had in some time. And the ability to do both is what brings that brings me that confidence. Now, you, you mentioned the defensive side of the ball uh, as well as being able to get to Justin Fields. Uh, they are 83rd in the country in sacks allowed, Ohio State is. Uh, but yet it seems to not have affected them that much. But is that maybe a product of – and this kind of goes for both sides of the ball – I kind of feel like at this point they haven't seen a team like Michigan. And Ryan Day even said that. We have not seen a team as talented as Michigan. Uh, yes, it's taken a long time for the Wolverines to kind of get to this point, uh, considering Wisconsin we thought was going to be that team. Penn State uh, we thought could have been that team. But Michigan, just especially because they do have both sides of the ball, when you look at the defense and its ability to try to contain uh, Ohio State, like – where do you start? Because yes, I mean you got to start trying by trying to 
get into the backfield, but Justin Fields can also run up the middle. He's hard to take down. He could get it to J.K. Dobbins. He could swing it out to any of those talented wideouts. Like, how do you even contain this offense? If you can. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the big question. You know, can you really contain it? Um, You know, and we'll find out. But I think if you're going to, if you're going to attempt that, you've got to make them as one dimensional as you can. And that is Michigan over the last eight weeks. I think they've only allowed right around 60, 61 yards on the ground. And so if you can continue that and minimize J.K. Dobbins and their rushing attack, then you can turn your attention to getting after Justin Fields. And you, you already mentioned it, protecting the passer, that's, that's not their specialty. And I, I don't necessarily know that that's an offensive line issue. I think some of that is a young quarterback. Justin Fields has performed extremely well, and, and a lot of people think he should be in New York for the Heisman Trophy, not to win it, but to, to be on stage. And um, he's had that type of season. But I, he also does some young things. And if you pressure him, he's not the quickest at making decisions in regards to, when to where to throw the ball away, when to throw it away, um, and you know just how to get rid of it and, and making those quick decisions, which is – you know, it's the plate of any young quarterback. So if you can minimize the rushing attack and then put pressure on Justin Fields, I think you've got a good chance of slowing down this offense. Now, when I say that, you know, he still has KJ Hill and, um, you know, he's got uh, uh, Chris Olave and a number of receivers that he can hit, but being able to get the ball out quickly is is going to be the key and I don't see him doing that as often as he's going to need to you know what that that, you also mentioned the young quarterback thing and I think the other key thing to remember is the most raucous environment he's been at so far this year is Nebraska and what is Nebraska not very good the best team that he's had to face on the road so far has been Indiana and Indiana is Indiana uh, this is a good Indiana team, but it's not. Uh, they sh- they don't you know belong in the same league with Ohio State. So this will be a different thing at Michigan Stadium. We got more John Jansen here in just a moment. But remember, if you want your company to reach a more upscale male audience, then you should get a hold of me right now at iHole at usatoday.com and get your company featured right here on this podcast. You uh, you obviously have played in this rivalry. You've beaten Ohio State. You've been a part of it. What what it, I mean? Explain to us what it's like as a player, because you know, for a fan, I mean, or someone like me who's who's watched this game for years. I've went to Michigan. I've been covering the team for some time. Uh, I I watch it and I'm like, okay, yeah, it's like I hate Ohio State. I still. Even as a journalist, I I cannot shake my rivalry stuff. I still don't like Ohio State. Uh, but you know it's different, obviously, if you're you're going up against that guy. If you're you know you're going up against the Buckeyes, what is that like? Um, it's 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 the greatest game that you're going to ever play in. It is 
you know, if there was no other, and there are so many reasons why you would come to the University of Michigan, why you would want to play football here. But if all of those were removed, it is it is absolutely enough of a reason to come here just to want to play Ohio State and be a part of this rivalry. Every year, there are epic moments in this game. And in, in my time as a player, I had many of those. Leading up to game time, on TV or on radio, you're going to hear, you're going to see some of those epic moments in the build-up to this game. And, you know, in, in 95, it was Tamunga Biak Batuka going for 313 yards. Um, you know, Eddie George on the other side eventually won the Heisman, but he was by far the second best running back in the stadium. And Tamunga, you know, you there are times where they'll show clips of him ripping through the offensive line and, and getting into the secondary. And he just had a great feel for everything that was going on that day. Um, and then, you know, in 96, it was Ty Streets on a post route beating Sean Springs and, um, you know, going down the field, scoring a touchdown. We went 13 to 9. And at the end of the game, one of the best drives I've ever been a part of was the fact that. You know, we were able to salt the clock away with five or six minutes left, and it was turning out first downs, running the ball against, uh, you know, big cat Andy Katzenmoyer. Um, you know, and, and so there's some epic moments there. 97, you know, and both of those teams were, you know, either two or three ranked Ohio State teams and a lesser-ranked Michigan team, and we were able to win. 97, the tables were turned a little bit. They Ohio, Ohio State felt like they were going to return the favor, and the 97 game was the most physical game I played in in my entire football career. That includes high school, college, you know, 11 years in the NFL. It was by far the most physical game. And in that game, there's a couple of, of epic moments. Obviously, the Charles Woodson return for a touchdown, the punt return for a touchdown. Uh, and also Charles and uh, David Boston getting into it and Charles getting his helmet ripped off. You'll see all of those things. So in this game, you know that there's going to be an epic moment. We don't know who that's going to be, but that's part of the excitement because every player that's out there has an opportunity. This year, it's not just the skilled guys. It's, it's the offensive line that has that opportunity as well. John Runyon, uh, Jalen Ramsey, the opportunity, the camera will be on Chase Young every second of the day. As soon as he steps his foot on the field, the camera will be on him. And so that matchup, no matter where he lines up, those guys will, will have a spotlight and a focus on them. And it is, it, I don't know if it's going to be one of those guys. I don't know if it's going to be Ronnie Bell, Nico Collins, Shea Patterson, Hassan Haskins, Zach Charbonnet, uh, Sean McCune. There are so many opportunities offensively to have those big moments. And then on the defensive side of things, you, it's the same thing. You know, you see Charles Woodson making these plays. You see, guys getting after the quarterback and highlights and, you know, is it Josh Uche? Is it Jordan Glasgow? Is it Kalik Hudson? Is, you know, uh, Cam McGrone, I think is going to play a vital role in this game in regards to when you watch Justin Fields and if there's nowhere to go with the ball and he starts running or they, they, they call that quarterback draw, you know, that middle linebacker is going to be the guy that's going to have to make open field tackles on a terrific athlete. It's that opportunity to put your not only your team 2019 Michigan football but your individual stamp on this rivalry and for highlights that will be played for generations to come that 
I don't I don't have anything after that. That was that was absolutely perfect to to hear all of that. Uh, actually, I do have one quick quick question because you said you 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 guys went and played a, a higher higher rated Ohio State team that had higher aspirations at that point. You took them down. What does it take to be able to go in and do that? Um, honestly, I have to have belief that you can win. And, you know, and it, it doesn't mean that anybody else in the stadium, whether, and there's going to be a lot of fans that believe we can win. There's going to be a lot of people that, that believe they can win. The only people that matter are the 120 guys that are going to come running out of the tunnel, touch the banner, and play against Ohio State on Saturday afternoon. That is the only group of individuals that needs to believe that they have a chance to win this game. Because after it's kicked off, and you know that that game is going all the build up all of the rivalry talk all of the highlights all of the you know the the pomp and circumstance and pageantry that goes into this game it won't mean a darn thing but as soon as you you line up and that ball is snapped and you get a chance to hit somebody in the mouth you know exactly what it will take to win the game and you know from that moment on if you've got it if you don't and that is it, it. Football is the absolute game in telling from the first snap, you know, in, in every opportunity as to who is going to win the football game, who's going to be the toughest team. Because when you hit somebody in the mouth, you know, if they're going to respond and it's going to be a fist fight all day long, or if they're going to back down, I want to see that, that first snap. I want to see our offensive line or our defensive line come tearing off the ball and hit them in the mouth because that will tell me that we're ready to play and that will give this team the belief that we can win on Saturday. John, I'm fired up, man. I'm ready. I'm ready to go out and hit somebody. And I didn't even play football, so <laughs> I can't wait to get there. <laughs> let's let's keep you away from some pads and helmets and stuff, though, because I feel like you're. I feel like uh, be like, who's that? That number seventy-seven is out there. That that's not what we're used. To. Oh, yep. John John found his old uniform. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll have trust me. If seventy-seven's wearing a visor and uh, and long sleeves, I never wore sleeves. But uh, if I could cover up any markings that might determine who I am, there might be a chance you'd see me out there. <laughs> I don't doubt it, John. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Uh, this was uh, this was amazing. So thank you very much for appearing here on the Lockdown Wolverines podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, and uh, I hope you and your listeners all have a great Thanksgiving. That was John Jansen. Former tackle for the University of Michigan, uh, I'm fired up, super fired up now. I'm I am ready for the game. If I if you weren't ready for the game before that, you you've got to be now. Uh, that was incredible. So uh, for John Jansen and I, uh, as we obviously Lockdown Wolverines podcast, this was the Lockdown Wolverines podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, you can find me at Isaiah Hole. Find John Jansen at John Jansen seventy seven. Uh, follow the podcast at On Wolverines or Wolverines Wire at Wolverines Wire. If you'd like to be a featured sponsor on the show, please email me at ihole at usatoday.com. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Himalaya, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, or online at wolverineswire.usatoday.com, where we post our daily podcasts every single day to go along with the rest of your Michigan football coverage. Huge thanks to the people of the Milford Starbucks for enduring me doing a podcast here in their fine establishment uh, this was lockdown wolverines part of the lockdown podcast network where it's your team every day